Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that was refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May 13th in the year of our Lord. 2022. This is indeed our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is indeed our guide and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restoratives solutions we have at our fingertips and as you know we reject revolution we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth it is a freedom loving fantastic faith filled we're taking america back one heart one mind one issue at a time friday now you know what it is friday the 13th though and a lot of those folks with superstition to be all freaked out about that see i don't believe in superstition i don't believe in coincidence i believe god's in charge ladies and gentlemen and I have hope and faith in all that, and I understand it, and God loves me, and I do my best to love him and to follow his guidance and commandments for me, and in that there are blessings. Doesn't matter if it's Friday. Every day, God loves me. Doesn't matter if it's the 13th. Every date, the Lord loves me. And uh, I want to do my best to keep his commandments and receive blessings uh, in return, because what? He's my father, and I'm his son. We are the literal offspring of God Almighty, according to the Bible. And as a result, what a blessed day today is. Nevertheless, it's Friday the 13th. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing fantastic. I got a bunch of little tidbits for you the first hour. The good Dr. Scott Bradley jumps into the broadcast on hour two. And we got a whole lot to talk about, baby. First, yesterday's recap starts now. We got our guest on, Mr. Brian Rust, RustQuentinGift.com. Over the past 50 years, Brian and family have been educating folks about encouraging people to take possession of their precious metals. RustQuentinGift.com. Of course, Kelly Finnegan, senior chemist, was with us, joins on air as well. Great, great broadcast. We talked about the Honest Money Report, gold, silver, down. It just shows the plunge protection team all in the mix, manipulating the economy till the cows come home. We have left the free market, the free enterprise system, a long time ago. We ought to return to it if we would do so. Return to honest money and return to the free enterprise system. We would have the greatest economic engine the world has ever known once again. That's why we pray for and work towards restoring that reality. We also talked about since the start of this year, Bitcoin... Its price movement has closely mirrored that of the NASDAQ. In the last month, it's lost 25%. Since November's high, it's lost 50%. People are freaking out and melting down, but folks, it's being traded just like a commodity. Why? Because it is a commodity. The Bitcoin plunge came in near lockstep with the broader stocks meltdown. Investors are dealing with higher interest rates, war in the Ukraine, etc., etc., etc. But look, it's just a fiat currency, folks. And I don't know if it'll go bankrupt or what'll happen, but I know it's volatile as as I'll get out. And for you folks who believe it's a stabilizing influence, you're wrong. For those of you who believe it'll somehow make you rich like the gold rush, you're wrong. For those of you who are wise enough to not dip your toe in the crypto, good on you. For those of you who want to, you know, speculate and not put your whole life's wealth at risk, but dabble in it, by all means, have a good time. But if you believe it's somehow going to separate us when it comes to government and money, you're wrong. They're going to go ahead and take over like they always have. It's risky tech stocks. It's risky um, 
currency, risky, everything, right? It's always been that way, okay? Don't think it's any different. By the way, in March, U.S. casinos raked in a record sum, more than they have in any month in history, $5.3 billion. So listen, folks, you got the American Gaming Association. What a shame. What a blight on the country. So while inflation is just beating everybody up, because people have been pent up for two years, they're kind of wanting to get out and do something. Uh, literally, you got the American Gaming Commission, American Gaming Association, whatever it's called. And these people are literally just fleecing Americans. Government engineered rape of everyone's wallet. Okay? Look, they say they raked in a sum of $5.3 billion. Look, it's always, the House always wins. That's the way it's rigged by government permission to steal from everyone it's a shame it's wrong and you look at that and you look at the murder of babies and you go no wonder america's in trouble huh anyway we talked about stocks and bonds early rally fades shares slide again technology stocks are just dropping yeah that was on wednesday thursday not much of a change a little bit but not much we also talked about the CDC reveals truly staggering stats on drug overdoses. More than 107,000 Americans died from overdoses. But the third cause of death in America, from what I understand, is physician malpractice. Yeah. Anyway, we talked about how now the FTC, uh, Joe Biden has more appointees to the FTC, and the Federal Trade Commission will be going ahead and abusing the rest of us. Reigning in corporations is how they say it. But what it really means is governing by regulation governing by unconstitutional body becoming judge jury and executioner violating the checks and balances that made america great and violating the supreme law of the land's responsibilities of separations of powers right beware folks it's a coming we also talked about a bill to preserve abortion rights fails in the senate that's good news but again the fight just begins they're after it hardcore they want death and they don't like you preserving life we also talked about Philip N. Jefferson, a college administrator and academic economist, now joins the Federal Reserve Board. Yeah, 91 to 7, even the, the Republicans doubled down in defense of this guy. Bottom line is, it's now the, what, third uh, Biden nominee to be on the Fed. That's a seven-person board. Now three of them are appointed or put on in place by Obama. Or, I'm sorry, by Biden. By Joe Biden. So look out for that. Are you familiar with the taxes of the American colonies, ladies and gentlemen? We talked about that some. The single home tax, the frontage tax, and the windows tax. Very interesting indeed. And that wraps up Hour 1, the Honest Money Report with Brian Rust of RushQuentingGift.com. Hour 2. We had our guest on, Mr. Larry Pratt, former of Gun Owners of America, now retired. But we discussed uh, all things liberty. We talked about the court overrules California's ban on sales of semi-automatic weapons to people under 21. They're able to die for their country. They should certainly be able to arm themselves, says the courts. And to say otherwise is absolutely unconstitutional. It violates the Second Amendment as well. Amen to that reality check. They say it's not a total win for gun owners, but it's a huge start, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take some cred when we can. Uh, and let's celebrate for a second and then go back to work, shall we? We talked about Joe Biden's Ministry of Truth to silence gun owners. The GOA punches back against Biden's Ministry of Truth. Eric Pratt, Larry's son, wrote the article. 
And it's a great article highlighting that, you know what, we have a problem, folks. The Ministry of Truth will will operate under the moniker of disinformation. That's the problem. Do you want the government deciding what's true and not? What can be said and not? What's facts and not? Violation of the First Amendment via your government. We gotta stop Joe and reject the Ministry of Truth in America, ladies and gentlemen, and you gotta stand up and do it now. We talked about top Democratic leaders with oversight of the National Institute of Health, in other words, the NIH, are keeping quiet about the $350-plus million given to, yeah, a couple of hundred scientists led by, we're back to Tony Fauci, should be fired, should be criminally prosecuted, but no, he got $350-plus million in secret money. The Republicans are mad about it and asking about it, but again, they just babble and don't do anything. There's going to be no arrest. There's going to be no accountability. The American people just spend money at a nauseum. It's belligerence as if we have the money in the first place. We're $30 trillion plus in debt, folks, and we just hand out that secret money to these top criminals, scientists that lied to you on COVID, that lied to you about the pandemic, uh, knowing that it was an intentionally released bioweapon, intentionally created and released, and then the... Uh, countermeasure, the anecdote, if you will, again, being another bioweapon, all of it manipulates your cells, all of it messes with your DNA, all of it will absolutely impact your health down the road, but they lied, 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 and we, the taxpayers, paid them $350 million in secret money to carry out the lie. We destroyed the economy. We, I could go on and on and on and on, and now we go, wow, glad we can go to the uh, Las Vegas and gamble there and the gambling cartel. Uh, steals half of our money. Ladies and gentlemen, what a shame. Now, I know you have the choice to gamble or not to. I don't gamble, and I recommend you don't gamble either, but I'm just telling you, what a shame in America. Democrats are literally seeking to increase their climate agenda. They're going to force their climate agenda down your throats via the federal bureaucracy rather than go through Congress because everybody's against them on the climate change hoax. Yeah. They got sweeping regulations all over the place, all, again, via, via these government agencies. I warned you about judge, jury, and executioner. There's no accountability. It's all just lawmaking by regulation. It is an absolute travesty. We also talked about Biden recently signing the law, a requirement that all vehicles produced after 2026 has a remote kill switch in them. If you have an electric vehicle now, you probably already have a kill switch in your vehicle, but mandated kill switches by Joe, 2026. It's already passed into law, which means your Congress doubled down and backed it as well, and the media forgot to tell you about it. What are you going to do, just drive around an old vehicle so you don't have a kill switch or what? Yeah. Looks like Fox News and Newsmax banning all mention of 2,000 Mules, the incredible film. We're going to be digging a lot into that film, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow, we're going to have me and Chris Carlson break it down. On Tuesday, with Bridie on TV, we're going to simulcast on video. We're going to have some of the folks that made the film on the simulcast, the Sheriff Mac show, and, of course, Liberty Roundtable live on Tuesday. So get ready for that. We're going to drill into this. We're going to take this thing. we got to take action, folks. Criminal activity was committed. Will there be accountability and prosecutions? We sure pray the answer's yes. Liberty Roundtable Live continues 
in seconds. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Sam Bushman live and on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always. All right, so as you know, I went to Mount Vernon, and I told you I had some incredible sound bites that I'd be sharing, etc. So I've got two sound bites from Mount Vernon. It was when I was there last week, uh, and, well, I guess it was this week I finished up, but anyway, I guess it was earlier this week. Man, time sure seems... <laughs> You get home from a trip, and it feels like it was forever ago, but it was just recently. Anyway, earlier this week, I should say, I went to Mount Vernon, and I got two sound bites from that. One of them, you know, when you walk around, they have audio tours. One of them is just a, a clip from the audio tour that I thought was really interesting and w- worth playing. The second one are my thoughts as I stood at the George Washington tomb, right? So Mount Vernon, and you got to contemplate this question as we listen to these sound clips. George Washington is he's the greatest leader of all time. Uh, Not counting, of course, the Savior Jesus Christ. I'm talking about mere mortal men here, right? I think George Washington was the greatest leader of all time, if not one of the greatest leaders of all time. Which man has the chance to be a king and rejects it? Which man has the chance to, um, you know, just live peacefully? He has plenty of acres, plenty of money, plenty of everything, servants, the whole bit. Not that I'm for the slavery, don't. Go off on a rail. Slavery is evil and wrong. You all know that. Okay, stop. Um, but he had everything. Uh, and, but he comes out and he goes to work and he works for America over and over and over as the general, uh, as the president, uh, a man who was literally um, everybody mutinied but him virtually. Uh, now you can say, well, not everybody, Sam. I know. I'm just telling you that without him staying steady, 
would be in serious. It would have never happened, right? A, a man who turned to God, a man who was humble, a man who was a great leader, a man who loved his wife. Uh, I mean, the, the um, romance or whatever you want to say between George and Martha, legendary. They loved each other. They were dedicated to one another. And anyway, I'm just saying, uh, he didn't even have to be a leader. Some of the greatest leaders are people who don't have to, but they do so willingly because they see something greater than themselves. That was George, right? All right, anyway, here is the um, little soundbite, if you will, uh, from the uh, Mount Vernon uh, audio tour. Here it is. It's safe to say that when George Washington unexpectedly died on December 14, 1799, the nation was stunned. Two days earlier, he had taken his daily ride across his property in cold, rainy weather. He arrived home in time for dinner, but as a punctual man, he had no time to change out of his cold, wet clothing. Washington's throat became sore and worsened into what the doctors called quincy, or a swelling of the throat. After an agonizing 36 hours, George Washington died at the age of 67. The family originally placed Washington's body in Mount Vernon's family tomb. Before he died, however, Washington knew the old tomb was in poor condition and requested in his will that a new tomb be built. He even chose a location for it. The family vault at Mount Vernon requiring repairs and being improperly situated besides, I desire that a new one of brick and upon a larger scale may be built at the foot of what is commonly called the vineyard enclosure on the ground which is marked out. For all his years in public service, Washington didn't want an elaborate funeral. And it is my express desire that my corpse may be interred in a private manner without parade or funeral oration. But that didn't stop the country from expressing countless displays of national sorrow. Congress adjourned, funeral processions were planned, businesses closed, and bells tolled. Guns were fired and many eulogies were given. The most famous remembrance was given by General Lighthorse Harry Lee, a close friend to George Washington. First in war, first in peace, and first in the hearts of his countrymen. He was second to none in the humble and endearing scenes of private life. Pious, just, humane, temperate, and sincere. Uniform, dignified, and commanding. His example was as edifying to all around him as were the effects of that example lasting. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted to play that because it's <clears throat> it's really helpful to understand. Even on his death, he didn't want big pomp and fanfare. He's just like, hey, you know what? I just want to be at peace. I want to upgrade my tomb a little bit because, I, you know. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't want pomp. And, but the nation loved him and wanted to celebrate his life, his legacy, uh, and sorrow in his death. Wisely so uh, at the time. But they mentioned this Quincy that he died from. Uh, Quincy is like... Um, some would say it was kind of an outgrowth of strep throat. Uh, others would say it's a tonsillitis or kind of an abscess that went wrong or whatever. I, I don't know how to compare old diseases versus new monikers and names of things. And, you know, all I know is he basically got sick and died. Uh, what a sad tale um, for an incredible leader. But this is where, you know, the enemies would attack George and say he was a bad man because he had slaves. Well, Martha, his wife, brought a lot of the slaves to the marriage. 
Uh, but slavery or not, you know, he did his best to treat people right. He did his best to uh, realize that he, he was not above the average American. In fact, he considered himself just an average American, a farmer. And a, a great leader such as George was one who was willing to put the needs of the country above his own. <clears throat> I mean, look, you go to Mount Vernon, it's one of the most beautiful places, man, ever. It is very, very cool. It's got a little wharf, and, it, you know, it was it exactly like I see it now? I don't know. I assume not. I assume there's a lot of modern things there now comparatively, but all I'm telling you is a beautiful place. He was absolutely comfortable there with his wife and his businesses, and, you know, hey, um, it, he was gone so much of the time uh, that, um, you know, everybody else could run the whole plantation or the farm or whatever you want to call it while he was gone. So it's not like he even had to work. He could just enjoy his property, enjoy his wife, enjoy his life. But no, he went and served his country. Uh, and he did so, uh, in, in my opinion, in every way with honor. Every way with honor. George Washington, an absolute American hero. All right, I recorded some thoughts when I was standing uh, at the tomb and at the wharf. Here they are. All right, I'm broadcasting live. I'm from General George. I'm in front of General George Washington's tomb. It's like a little family cemetery here at Mount Vernon. And uh, on George Washington's grave, I'm going to have my son read exactly what it says here. Ahead of the archway leading into the presentation of the sarcophagi of General Washington and his wife, Martha, is inscribed the following, quote, within the enclosure rest the remains of General George Washington. Within the enclosure and above the two um, sarcophagi, um, we can see an, an inscription of scripture from the, the Bible uh, that reads the following, quote, I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. He that believe in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And that is John, I believe, 2012. The inscription's a little hard to read, but I believe it's John 1, 25 or so. All right, so there you have that. Very interesting. It is a family cemetery, so on John Washington's grave. And who's John? Do we know? Okay, so here it is. John Augustine Washington was the nephew of uh, General George Washington. He is also buried here. Uh, on his inscription, it reads that he was firm in every honorable purpose and pursuit, yet gentle, humane, and condescending. An interesting adjective. Um, today, we think of that as a negative connotation. However, referring to uh, the Webster's Dictionary of 1828, we get a different view of the adjective. Condescending, meaning to descend from rank or distinction in the intercourse of life, receding from rights or claims, yielding. Second definition is yielding to inferiors, courteous, courteous, obliging. So it's truly a, a positive and a, a very uh, complimentary adjective to use, which is uh, vastly different from the way it's used today. It is way different than it was used today. Also, the fascinating detail is, remember, the Savior is known for his great condescension, going below all of us as he uh, gave his life for us and died on the cross and was buried in the tomb and then was resurrected.
Uh, and so that's an interesting kind of comparison, that condescension. Way different than we use today, but uh, quite an admirable um, position to take uh, as an individual, as a quality, one of the attributes, the qualities of your life. We found that fascinating as we visited the grave. We also note kind of a... All right, hang tight, pause. All right, so we'll come back after the break and play the rest of my thoughts and commentary. But George was like John, his nephew. Uh, They were condescending, meaning they chose not to be elite, even though they had everything. They chose to live with, surround themselves with, we the people. And George decided to be just, he just wanted to go back and be a farmer. Liberty Roundtable Live in seconds. Claiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. As mothers across the country continue to struggle to find baby formula to feed their infants, Republicans are angry that the feds are sending baby formula to the Texas border to feed illegal immigrants. Florida Republican Congresswoman Kat Kamek posting a picture on her Facebook page showing pallets of baby formula at a processing center in the border town of McAllen. The White House is throwing some shade at Russian President Vladimir Putin for threatening retaliations if Finland joins NATO. I would just like to quote the president of Finland uh, and what he said, which I don't think I could state it better uh, in response to this question, which is, as it relates to Russia, you caused this, look at the mirror. Press Secretary Jen Psaki saying Putin caused the ongoing turmoil in Eastern Europe by invading Ukraine. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-9336. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-9336. 800-444-9336. The House January 6th committee has issued subpoenas for five House Republicans, GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, Representatives Jim Jordan of Ohio, Scotty Perry of Pennsylvania, Andy Biggs of Arizona, and Mo Brooks of Alabama. Speaking on Fox News, Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona says he has no involvement in any rallies. But uh, this notion that I somehow... Uh, was involved in planning a rally, not true. Planning people coming to the the Capitol, not true. I've denied that hundreds of times, multiple media outlets. Uh, you know, it's that's simply untrue. 
congressman also says he feels that this is more about headlines than actually uncovering the truth. Mercedes-Benz is recalling more than 292,000 vehicles. They include 2006 through 2012 model GL, ML, and R-Class SUVs. You're listening to USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I have titled this Sam from Mount Vernon, George Washington, the greatest leader of all time. Um, and I'm in the middle of this. We talked about this condescension adjective used to describe John Washington, uh, who was a nephew of George. But they both had this quality. It's a quality of the Savior that we understood back in 1828 and earlier. Uh, it's a term that we use now only kind of in negative terms. Condescending, condescending is a negative term. It was not negative. In fact, what an admirable trait, to say the least. And George and John had this in abundance, ladies and gentlemen. So did Martha. You know, she could have been an elite elect lady, but she chose to literally rally with the troops and, uh, you know, leave her comfortable home and go out there with George and be by his side. And everybody loved her because of this quality we're discussing. All right, my final comments continue. All right, we're getting this soundbite ready here, ladies and gentlemen. I don't All right, I'm broadcasting live. I'm from General George. Okay, As we're going to have the great, fast forward to the right spot kind there. Of another unique uh, tidbit. I'm going to refer to my wife on this one, Julie. Do you want to explain the uh, where the bodies are? Yeah, within the tomb, um, you see two sarcophagi. Martha's on the left, and George Washington is on the right. They're above ground, and um, it's a marble sarcophagus for each one. And I asked the lady, and she said that um, their bodies are actually in there. And um, inside, there's an oak, an oak coffin, and a mahogany uh, coffin that are lead-lined, and then they are cemented into this marble sarcophagus. And um, so, you know, there's three or three or so layers. Um, and then behind the two sarcophagi, you see the metal door. And up behind that, there's 25 family members buried in within that within that vault. So very unique. Again, rarely when you go to a place do you know actually where the body is. It's somewhere buried in the ground. Uh, you assume it's right where they mark it, but you don't really know. And in this case, the bodies are really enshrined uh, right here. Very unique. Um, George Washington died in 1799, and then his dear wife Martha died just a couple of years later. And I think. Uh, 1802, was it? Yes. 1802. Uh, and George was 67 when he passed away. I guess he died of a throat, like a throat virus or a throat ailment. I'm not sure if it was strep throat or what it was. Uh, but he passed away, and then Martha passed away um, just a f three years later. Uh, and she was 70 years old. So George was 67, and she was 70, both fairly young uh, for their passing. Uh, it's a very beautiful place here. It's in the shade, but yet there's sun all around as well. There's trees. It's just a beautiful, 
a place for their tomb. And uh, we're spending time here. We're going to go eat lunch at the Mount Vernon restaurant coming up where they have some crab soup that I'm going to try that's going to be delicious. They've got jambalaya. I'm excited about that. It's kind of an interesting between the southern uh, and the north. George had many slaves, up to 300 and some odd slaves at a given time. When he passed away, he had 123 slaves, I think it was, uh, and he freed them all. Very unique for his time. Just showing that, you know what, they were born into slavery or slave ownership or slave, whatever you want to call it, um, being masters of slaves. It wasn't that they loved it. It was the system that they were born into. It was the caste system that was at the time. Was it right? Of course not. We'll never justify it as correct or right or even acceptable. Any enslavement of one person to another is evil and wrong, without question. However, we need to understand that the people that were engaged in it, oftentimes it was the, the normalcy of their lives, and it was very hard to change. Thank heavens, uh, in the land of the free, it did change, and that's a wonderful thing. At the same time, we ought not look back through our lens of, of modern view uh, and mock or ridicule or down those who uh, were involved in that system. George Washington uh, at Mount Vernon at one time had up to 8,000 acres of land. Uh, now that it's preserved, it's only 500 acres of land. And the Mount Vernon Ladies Association is who actually uh, preserved it. I guess the Washington family let the property fall into huge disrepair. Much of it was sold off, uh, etc. <clears throat> but about 500 acres was preserved by this ladies' organization uh, in the 1800s, from what we understand. And they basically took it under wing, cared for it. They really revived it, protected it. They now currently, even today, own it. And there's wonderful ladies that are dedicated, absolutely, extremely dedicated to the cause, uh, to caring for Mount Vernon. The government didn't want it. The state of Virginia didn't want it for some strange reason back in the time, but they, these ladies did uh, raise money and together put the money together and through their cooperative effort accomplish this great preservation. Very fascinating. They get no money from the government now. Uh, which is even more impressive uh, in modern times. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that's interesting is there's about 500 acres here now. It's a huge uh, plantation. Back in the day of George Washington, there was five main farms uh, that he owned covering this 8,000 acres. It was a huge, huge enterprise. When George was president and taking care of politics and was uh, involved in the wars before the or during the American Revolution, etc. Interestingly enough, he had all kinds of overseers. And he had more uh, white uh, paid overseers than anybody else. Uh, and so even many of the people who uh, were on his farms um, were free people. There were certainly slaves. I'm not dismissing that. I'm just saying uh, he enjoyed freedom. He embraced freedom. He taught of freedom. Uh, and even though he may not have been able to free his slaves during his lifetime, on his deathbed, he certainly freed his slaves, showing his true intent and desire for freedom for all. What a tremendous legacy for George Washington. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of things that I want to note about my audio clips. As you start hearing me breathing, uh, my breathing a little hard as I uh, finish that, it's because we started walking and we're hiking in the sun. And so I'm doing this um, narrative while uh, hiking uh, from the tomb area of George Washington and the wharf area all the way back to where we're going to go eat lunch. And so that's the reason for my breathing. I'm just going because I'm, I'm, I'm hiking and it's hot. And I'm anyway, uh, just so you know that. Secondly, my son was in that clip, Adam, my oldest son. Uh, he's married and has uh, children, two children, uh, just a wonderful family. They were with us. Uh, and man, being a grand, 
grandfather's just wonderful. Anyway, um, and then the other one, uh, the other person in that was my wife. My wife's Julie, and she was the one reading about the tomb um, construction and, and where the bodies were buried and all that. Anyway, that was my wife, Julie, and I thank them both for their uh, involvement in that um, soundbite. They were gathering facts and information while I was recording the soundbite and getting all the information so that we could read exactly what was there. And very unique setting, but I wanted to, to clarify that. So that's the reason that I'm, I'm, you know, difficulty breathing and all that. The other sounds while my son was reading and my wife was reading a little bit is wind. It was quite windy. There was a stiff breeze there. And so you hear some background noise and everything else. It's a lot of wind. And then the other noises that you hear are family members and just society at large. There were several people that were there visiting the tomb uh, with us. It's a public place. And so um, whether I was at the National Archives, whether I, wherever I am, you hear the sounds uh, of horses and of life and of people and of, of the I'm, I'm literally there, folks. This isn't just a review. I was literally there. Uh, and so all those sounds are just the sounds of, of normalcy, um, what you get when you're on the scene. So Sam from Mount Vernon, ladies and gentlemen, the question, was George Washington the greatest leader of all time? Right? Was he? I think he was one of the greatest leaders of all time. I think he really was. Uh, I think he was one of the greatest leaders of all time. Uh, anyway, very, very fascinating. I love to learn about that history. I just love the richness of American history. I love the sacrifice that others have made before us. I love the honor in which they lived their lives. In other words, they did things with honor, folks. Yes, you can look back and use our lens and, and destroy them and attack them. But if you look back in all honesty, they were wonderful resilient, sacrificing, dedicated, humble, hardworking, honorable. I don't even know the adjectives to be used. Condescending. They were people who were amazing, folks. George and Martha, even John. How many people know about John Washington who was buried there, who had this unique attribute attributed to him on his tombstone? And, and you look at that and you go, man, our founding fathers, the founding stock, the founding era of America was it a, a, an incredible time. The people who were involved were incredible people. Yeah, they had their faults. They were humans. They weren't like the Savior Jesus Christ. I'm not at all giving them that kind of credit. We don't worship any of these people. Uh, but we do need to realize their commitment. We need to realize their incredible understanding. And then the service that they gave to their God and to their fellow countrymen is into their family, God, family, and country. Uh, uh, like I say, it's something to behold. All right, quick pause, final segment this hour in seconds. Second hour, the good Dr. Scott Bradley joins me. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? in churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular 
are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at FreedomFactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Looks like the U.S. stockpile of diesel fuel, ladies and gentlemen, which is vital for the transportation sector and for the economy at large, had a nearly two-decade low as fuel prices hit a record high on Wednesday. Wow. The nationwide stockpile of this fuel oil category, which includes diesel and fuel oil, declined to about 104 million barrels. They say the lowest level since 2005. That's according to, listen... The Energy Information Administration. Did you know we had an Energy Information Administration, ladies and gentlemen? The amount of government is just, the size and scope of government is just beyond imagination. They say East Coast inventories declined to about two weeks worth of supply, ladies and gentlemen. That's the lowest level since data was recorded in 1990. I wouldn't be surprised if there was rationing on the East Coast, said the CEO of... United Refining Co., or company, told Bloomberg on Wednesday, now inventory says we're going to have a shortage. $5.56 a gallon on Wednesday, the highest level ever recorded according to AAA. Wow. They called diesel the lifeblood of the American economy. Wow. Wow. I'm just telling you that, folks, this is disaster. They say several refineries which process crude oil and turn it into diesel have closed because of the COVID-19 and then the induced recession. Now, folks, 
when you say the induced recession, what you mean is the government mandated recession. They forced this to happen. Yeah, the refineries are down 10% since 2016, ladies and gentlemen. We're in serious trouble. And it's, in my opinion, government-manufactured trouble. It really is. It's flat-out government-created. It is insanity, folks. Uh, Anyway, I don't know how to respond to that except for you're going to have shortages. And the problem with the diesel shortages, ladies and gentlemen, is I don't know if you understand, but once you have diesel shortages, even if you don't have shortages of everything else, um, you're going to have shortages because you can't get the everything else where it needs to go. You follow me? In other words, let's say we have plenty of shoes, just an example. But if you can't get the shoes from point A to point B because there's no diesel fuel or there's a shortage or a rationing or whatever you want to say, then even though there's not a shortage of shoes, there's a shortage of shoes, right? Because you can't get the shoes, see? So anyway, this is a serious problem, and they're warning us that it's a coming. So, folks, I recommend and I highly encourage you, don't hoard and get all crazy and don't go into debt and don't get wild. But do intelligently plan. Look at the four fundamentals that I've highlighted over 25 years. And out of those food or those four fundamentals, get the basics and do so over time. A little bit out of every paycheck, a little bit at a time. When you go to the store, buy a little bit of extra food for the food storage pantry. Okay, it's it's called a rainy day fund, but it's it's not just money, it's everything. And the four main categories that I mentioned that you do this in is food. That means, you know, food and water. The average person needs about a gallon of water a day, folks. We're talking for just bathing and drinking and sanitary conditions. And, I mean, you got to have a minimum of that. Look, if you got a family of four, just say that's four gallons a day. In one week, it's 28 gallons of water you need at a minimum. Two weeks, you need 56 gallons. See, it's time to get one of those big 50-gallon barrels or whatever and, and fill that dude up and put a little bit of, uh, chemical in it to make sure that it can stabilize and last for a long time and everything. You got to do this. But if you get a little bit of f- food when you go to the store. Just buy a couple of extra cans of tuna fish or buy a little bit extra pasta or buy an extra jar or two of peanut butter or buy some flour or some rice or some uh, wheat or some, you know, whatever. Uh, it's better to stick more to what you eat too, right? So you need two t- long-term storable realities. You need the short-term storable. In other words, stuff that you use all the time. If we're out for a week or two or three, you're fine. That's the peanut butter and the soup and the cans and the stuff that I'm talking about, right? But then you need long-term storable food, too, from companies that, that create this stuff that can last up to 25 years long. You need some of that, too. So you got to strategically work on this, but a little bit at a time. Before you know it, if you keep steady at it, it's a lot of time. If I spend 10 minutes a day studying the scriptures, for instance, it doesn't sound like much. Five or 10 minutes a day, no big deal. But you know what? Over years and years and years of studying the scriptures, you can become a scriptorian doing that, right? Well, the same thing's true with food. So get food and water. Store it up. Don't panic, but get it done. Okay? I also mentioned fuel. Same thing's true. Get a wood-burning stove. Build a woodshed. Stockpile some wood. Work on it. I don't have everything done that I'm telling you. I'm not perfect at it. I'm not, you know, just this consummate, I've got everything done. I don't have a, a George Washington Mount Vernon where everything can be produced on my own farm and everything. I'm not like that. I'm a, I'm a city boy trying to work on that. But... We can do it a little bit at a time. So get some fuel. Get ways, alternative ways to heat your your home. For example, if you have gas heat normally, 
get an electric heater that you put in your garage or whatever. And if you ever need heat and you don't have gas for some reason, but you have electricity, you can do it. Or if your furnace breaks, you've got a backup or whatever. So it's food, food and water, fuel. The next one is shelter. Make sure that you have a shelter, folks. And you know what? It's best to get it all paid off if you can. If you can't, though, you know what? Do the best you can. Find multiple shelters. If you ever had to flee from your shelter, where would you go? Do you have a plan in place? Where would you go? Let's say that all of a sudden there was a gas leak and you had to flee your house or something and some things blew up or whatever near your area. You know, these things happen in neighborhoods, and when they do, where will you go? Now, it can be, I don't have another shelter, Sam, but I've got family members. Great. Work out a deal between those family members where they can go to your house, you can go to their house. A lot of times it's not so much that you got to spend a gazillion dollars for this, but you got to make plans. you got to prepare. you got to have a plan in place. you got to have family meetings, family councils to discuss and work through this. So now we're talking food, fuel, shelter, clothing. I mentioned shoes right at the start of this, right? So when it comes to clothing, I'm saying, look, have some backup clothes in a 72-hour kit that you can if grab and go. That way you got some backup clothes on the road if you're forced to leave or flee uh, for any reason. Uh, and those backup clothes, you can't get them 10 years ago. You might be too fat, no offense. You might be too skinny. Uh, you might be, you know, you were a little kid when we packed this, and now you're a grown kid or an adult, and you, you got to keep up on that stuff and revisit it once or twice a year, right? Uh, most people do spring cleaning, do your spring preparedness or whatever. But you got to have clothes, backup clothes. you got to have shoes. You say, well, I've got you. Yeah, what if they get wet? What if you're forced to flee? Do you have a way? Do you have some medical supplies if you're forced to flee? Do you got a 72-hour kit ready to roll? So you need to think kind of preparedness in three stages. That is immediate. Uh, that is if I have to flee versus if I have to stay. And then you got to think medium long-term and then long, long-term. Medium long-term says, hey, I can eat a can of soup six months later that I had in my storage. But that in five years is going to be bad. It expires. So you got to have long-term storable food that's designed to last or deal with the test of time, so to speak, right? Preparedness is something that we can all do, and it takes practice, and it takes effort. It takes family councils. It takes planning. It takes a little bit at a time, and it takes absolute dedication and consistency. But if you haven't done it, please start on it, and please start on it now. So we've talked about emergencies, right? We've talked about some of this stuff, uh, and it's important stuff. But I don't know if you know this now, but migrants are receiving an ample supply of formula. Yeah, immigrants, illegals crossing our border are receiving ample formula for their babies. But you know what? There's a shortage across America for our babies. Headline says migrants receive ample supply of baby formula. That's according to a Republican Florida rep by the name of Kat Kamek or Kimmick. Uh, and she says, while Americans are experiencing severe baby formula shortages. Now, this is an example where why would the government do this? I don't know. But in my opinion, some wacko somewhere did this, right? Some wacko absolutely did this in government to say, hey, we're not going to let the American people have the formula. We're going to give it to the illegals who are coming into our country illegally. Look, that was a decision made by someone. And I don't know by who. Okay, but this is what I mean. 
This is criminal activity, the illegals in the first place, but then our government literally busing them all around the country and giving them supplies that they deny us. It's shameful. It's criminal, folks. I'm telling you right now. It's wow. But that's what they're doing. And so this is what I mean by get yourself a little bit of baby formula if you have babies. Uh, you know, I believe in mother's milk, and I believe in nursing first. Let baby formula be your backup. But for certain reasons, many people need to depend on it. I get it. I was adopted, and so my adopted mother didn't have milk to give me, so I had formula as a kid, right? I get it. It's necessary. But uh, store a little bit. I know you can't store a ton, but you can have a couple of weeks' worth. You don't need to hoard and get all crazy. <laughs> but preparedness is always a good thing. And this is just an example. You say, well, Sam, there's not even a shortage of formula. Right. But why would we have shortages of formula? Well, because of COVID. Folks, when did COVID end? Well, it's not ended, Sam. They're about to celebrate the millionth death. Celebrate what? Well, commemorate the million. What are they talking about, folks? This is what I mean. This is a manufactured crisis, a manufactured illness. It's a bioweapon, folks. So when they attack us, are you prepared to handle it? I know you can't prepare for everything. But we must do what we can within our own sphere, okay? I can't prepare for every contingency. I can't be ready for everything, I know. But I can do my best. I can watch the news. I can look at incredible leaders like George Washington from Mount Vernon. I can realize that migrants are receiving ample supplies of baby formulas while we, the American people, are being denied that same accessibility. Shortages for us. I realize the U.S. stockpile of diesel fuels in question. Therefore, I'm going to do what I can, ladies and gentlemen, to reduce my dependency. As some people call it provident living. I'm going to do my best when it comes to provident living and live in a way that, that can preserve my family. I know I can't solve everything and I, I can't prepare for everything. I'm just a human. I can't trust in my own arm of flesh. But I can do my very best to prepare and I can do my very best to uh, be self-reliant. And then I can turn to God Almighty and say, Lord, I've done all that I can for myself and my family. And I know you put me on the earth and I know you love me and you put me here to succeed. And I have faith and trust in you and I'm going to do my best and then trust in you for the rest. Lord, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's who I am. It's all about God, family, and country. It's a blessing to be here, ladies and gentlemen. It's a blessing for me to have the opportunity to spend time with you. Hopefully something I say will bless your life. Hopefully uh, this radio program can help you become part of the great solution for the greatest country on the face of the earth and carry forward the incredible legacy of incredible leaders like George Washington. God bless you and all the work that you do, ladies and gentlemen. Without you, I wouldn't even be here. Donate liberally, would you please? LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Every penny you give us will be used to promote the sacred cause of liberty to tell the tale of God, family, and country, to restore the republic and the traditions of our founders. After all, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic of the United States of America.
Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Happy to have you along. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the broadcast for May 13th in the year of our Lord, 2022, hour two of two. May 13th, Friday the 13th. Glad I'm not superstitious. God, family, and country, the protection of life, liberty, and property, and the traditions of our founding fathers, using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That's how we roll, and I don't care if it's Friday or not. God still loves me, and I don't care if it's the 13th or not. God still loves me, and he cares for me, and if I keep his commandments, he will bless me. And if I turn my back on God, I'm on my own, and the consequences shall follow. That's a reality check for Friday the 13th, and welcome to the broadcast. For me, it's a freedom-loving, faith-filled, fantastic Friday, and would like to welcome the good doctor, Dr. Scott Bradley, to the broadcast. FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website, to preserve the nation, his collegiate series and lifelong goal. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you. It's good to have you guys back and being able to get together and have a little visit this morning i'm uh, you kind of miss your little get togethers that uh, kind of are hinge points if you will in your week and, and amen so sir we're happy about that now are you are you going to go back to bed because it's friday and you're superstitious yeah. so it's 13th <laughs> and are you gonna you know we don't believe well, in that garbage know, do we well no but it's interesting you know if, if i've always looked and, and again i'm not superstitious but i always say well you know yeah 13 is my lucky number and I say, well, you say, why? I say, well, that's the day I was born. Not today, but uh, <laughs> I was born on a on the 13th. So Yeah, not last night neither, huh, doctor? <laughs> no, no. I wasn't born yesterday. But um, it, there's so, I mean, today's another day, and, and it's it's good for a, co- a topic of conversation, but I don't suspect it's going to make a whole lot of difference in how, you know, the day goes based upon some superstitious uh you know what was it? It was it. Uh, was it when the uh, some of the Knights Templar were put to death by judicial uh, yes. execution? I think that's what the yes, that is right is associated with it. Yes, it's just crazy town, folks. Now listen to me. I also want to highlight this too because I don't I don't believe in these things. I believe these things are secular. I believe these things are are fearful. They're not of God, and that's why I spend a little bit of time on them, folks, because I want to point you to God Almighty, and he is not a God of fear. He is not a God of, of, well, golly, you woke up on the wrong day. It's going to go bad for you. He isn't that kind of a God. He's truly um, not this unknown, confusing figure that you can't know anything about. He's your Father in heaven. You are literally, according to the Bible, the offspring of God Almighty. You're his children. Okay, He made you in his image. Male and female created he them. We cannot lose sight of this understanding. He's not some nebulous being out there that's beyond comprehension. I know God's ways are not our ways, and I know he's, uh, I, don't, I don't speak for God or anything like that, but I'm saying he is an understandable being. We can pray to him. We can learn of him. We can become like him. We can, all these things are possible because we are his children. And so I want to just dispel this false notion. Uh, of uh, you know bad luck or superstition or this idea that we can't know our god or our author our creator our father we need to understand these terms because it's critical to understanding our godly heritage doctor there's uh, there's a reason for this discussion that's beyond just a superstitious uh, kind of an idea well 
today's world has kind of, I mean, things are spinning out of control in so many ways in today's world. And so maybe my analogy is not as well-founded today as it might have been 50, 70 years ago. But, uh, you know, think of a loving father um, that would do anything to care for his family, would would work at a crappy job to make sure they had food on the table and the roof over their heads, would uh, protect them from the evil of the day and, and make certain that there was no threats against them and so on and so forth. You know, that's that's my image. Uh, I'm not so sure it's it's always the case today. I think fathers and mothers in, in so many ways because of so many reasons. I mean, the education so-called system, the the media, the political environment, all of those kinds of things have kind of greatly threatened and undermined the the historical, traditional, and, in my mind, divine roles of fathers and mothers. But I do think that God in heaven is the exemplar that we might look to as what a father should be in regards to uh, that caring, loving, supportive, you know, uh, that that being there when you're needed, when he's needed. And uh, like I say, it's not so much today in mortal society, but uh, I think we could go back to that historical, traditional, divine role. And I think we'd be a lot better off as a society. And so heard that. yeah, that's how I, I look what Father what father is to me rather than than what, uh, you know, the, the sitcoms, they call them, those little stupid, idiotic TV shows that, basically have denigrated fathers on earth to the point that they're considered almost to be a uh, uh, a burden to the family. You know, the, that lump of flesh that sits on the couch in a, a groove that's there for uh, the only purpose of, of watching some sports game and throwing popcorn around or some stupid idiot thing. It is so astounding to me that that's kind of what's been bred into this generation for the last 50 years with all of these sitcoms. And, and uh, Mothers have, have taken on an entirely different role from what they have been historically and and uh, traditionally about how the nurturers, the caregivers, you know. So many things happen today where the kid is basically an afterthought, gets dropped off at a daycare center while mom goes off to be a, a bank vice president or some silly thing. And, and dad maybe uh, just kind of gets by because, you know, the... <laughs> The whole society is upside down on the way they they allow people to work in society. It, it's Well, dad is really, not a derelict buffoon. Uh, no. The fatherhood responsibility is a serious one. Our father in heaven loves us, uh, and I don't believe in this superstition. In fact, it goes so far, doctor. When you go to a hotel, they don't have a floor 13, you know. Well, it goes I've from floor that. 12 to floor 14. Uh, but I went up to the uh, receptionist, and she thought I was an idiot. But <laughs> nevertheless, it was an interesting exchange. I said, how come you guys pretend you don't have a 413? She goes, well, we're not pretending there's not a 413. I said, so let me get this straight. When you go from floor 12, then there's this big 20-foot expanse, you know, double what a normal story would be of nothingness before 14, right? She goes, well, no, it's just the next floor, but it's 14. It's not 13. So I said, you mislabeled it, right? She said, no, we don't have a 413, sir. I said, oh, hold on, I'm not very smart. you got to kind of back up with me. So you're telling me that you've got double the space between floor 12 and floor 14, where 13 would be, but there's just nothingness there, correct? Well, no, sir, that would be a waste of space. 
okay. So is 13 14? No, sir, we don't have a 413. Oh, I'll hold on now. <laughs> what do you say to that, doctor? Uh, well, you know, it, it's one of those those things you're really it's an enigma to society but so hold on uh, can we jettison bad luck by getting rid of 13 by lie because it's really there 13 is really 14 sir or 14 is really 13 i should say many years are we gonna get away from bad luck with a lie well there is no such thing that we need to worry about but i used to kind of when we'd be going up to high-rise hotels for business or uh, hotels or whatever as i got off on my floor and I'd see people with their the button pushed for 14. I'd just look at them and say, you know, you're really getting off on 13. And then get off the elevator. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, but I can't imagine. <laughs> I cannot imagine that that I'm is just... how people live their lives and drive their experience in this life. But maybe yeah, some for do. sure. And my whole goal is to absolutely reject and debunk this dishonest, false, psychotic notion. Look, folks, if you don't have a God to look to, an author of your liberty, a creator, if you don't have a true father in heaven, an organizer of the universe, okay, if you don't have that and you're just on your own bumbling through this thing and whatever, okay, this is where, in my opinion, most people kind of melt down because they lose that incredible tie to godly heritage. And they lose that tie then to family. Family is a fundamental unit of society created by God Almighty. He created them as male and female, sons and daughters, true children of, of God. And as a result, then, we have this incredible godly creation and godly origin and godly heritage. And as the founders taught and literally gave their sacred honors and fortunes, and uh, they died for this, and this notion that we don't need to look to some government or just bumble on our own and, and fight for our very existence. We can turn to God. We can keep his commandments, and he's put those those guardrails in place to protect us, not to punish us. And we can turn to him and we can feel love and feel his spirit. He can guide our day-to-day -day lives and our actions. He can give us revelation and, and understanding of what we ought to do uh, on a daily basis. He can provide comfort and strength and guidance and protection. And I mean, I can keep going on, doctor, but I'm trying to paint this picture to where people understand. When you lose that tether, no wonder everybody's all depressed and suicidal and running around confused and gender confused and everybody doesn't know where to go. And, oh, my gosh, avoid floor 13 while I go to the casino and spin myself into oblivion because it's all coming down on me uh, there. You know, Joe's a goofball or Joe's the savior and uh, Donald's the goofball. And, and they just run around. We're always looking for knowledge and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. We're never focusing on saving truths reality as it really is doctor the theory of today is a chaos theory and and it's promoted from the time children enter the public uh, indoctrination centers um they there's this idea the big bang that happened well it sounds like we've got to take a break maybe we yeah, can, i got a theory uh, on the big bang that you might find kind of funny we'll talk about that coming up we're just opening up ladies and gentlemen we got a lot to talk about Sam was in Mount Vernon. I want to talk about George Washington, the father of our country, too. We'll get there. We'll do it all in seconds with the good Dr. Scott Bradley, his collegiate series, To Preserve the Nation, available at freedomsrisingsun.com.
Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. You are a racist. Your mom is a racist. Your dad is a racist. And your entire family is racist. And you should all be punished. That's what Governor Brad Little thinks about you. So much so that he took $30 million of taxpayers' money to force critical race theory down the throats of school children, even though the Idaho legislature voted against it. This is the doctrine that teaches your children that just because they are white, they are racist. Yes, your governor, good old Brad Little, violated the constitutional law and did this while you weren't watching. Why is Governor Brad Little paying to promote radical leftist doctrine loved by Democrats like Boise Mayor McLean and sleepy Joe Biden? This is Ammon Bundy, and we need to completely reject critical race theory in Idaho. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Bradley with us. FreedomsRisingSun.com's website, his lifelong goal and collegiate series to preserve the nation. We're talking about God. We're talking about fathers. We're talking about things that matter. We're talking about um, this idea of... Um, Oh, man, you better get back in bed, by golly. Don't walk under a ladder because, wow, it's Friday the 13th, lies. Okay, look, I am uh, one of my kind of claims to fame, Dr. Bradley, is that I take a subject that everybody's kind of like, what? Why would you even waste your time talking about this? And I do my best to turn it into reality checks, discussions that matter. In other words, the, the, the greater deep discussions. You know, it's not about whether you feel lucky or not. It's not about uh, this, you know, man, um, are you... Uh, concerned or you um whatever word you're looking for about uh, there's an origin there's a desire in your heart an understanding that there is something greater than us and i submit that's god and that god figure our father in heaven loves us we're not in a god winds it up and lets it go and walks away discussion, deist ideas. We're not in a, um, by golly, it's bad luck. It's horrible. It's going down <clears throat> discussion. Okay. We need to understand who we are, doctor, if we're ever going to have um, the ability to rise to the level of our heritage, of our opportunity. Uh, I don't know if I should say our privilege, but uh, rise to the level of, of our capability, the fullness of our creation, if you will. 
you got to have an understanding or you'll never get there, doctor. Well, you've got to have a goal, and if your goal is in the mud, you're not going to go much higher than that. I, I As we were saying just before the break, uh, uh, the Founding Fathers' perspective it was a, uh, a perspective of order, uh, perspective of a creator, and, and we talk about this often. As the Renaissance occurred, telescopes were invented and microscopes and so on, and the human naked eye was able to behold things that had eluded it up to that point. And, uh, and what they found as they looked through those telescopes and microscopes was order. They saw a, a process that spoke of a creator because uh, things just don't happen by, you know, chaotic bumping into each other, which they promote and, and, and seek to, to make kind of our, our thought process. By the way, I believe that that's one of the reasons that so many children today are horrifically depressed. Of course, it's been generational now, and, and you see uh, really, truly mothers and fathers that are on some kind of somatic-type drug that's altering their, their uh, psyche, if you will, their, their feelings. Are, they, they become kind of numb to their surroundings because they don't want to have to deal with the despair and all that, that that is fed to them constantly. And and they, they have overlooked the great goodness of of all of God's creations. And, and and that's what was the genesis, if you will, of the founding of this nation when the idea was that there's order in the universe. It's done by design. There is a uh, motivational force, a creative force out there that there really is in charge. And, and when they saw that in nature... You know whether it's the the stars and their movements in the skies or the planets or the you know the amoeba that uh, seem to be out there 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 is a a process that indicates that it was created and and so when they saw it in nature, they decided, well, maybe if God has created order has has had a hand in all of this, maybe there's a uh, there's a plan for humanity and they started looking for that. Where do they look? They look in the scriptures. And they found the basis of liberty. And, and you know, their society is founded upon an, an order of things. When the Savior was in his hometown not long after his baptism and experience in the, in the desert, he introduced himself to his hometown people. He brought out, well, they brought him this 61st chapter of Isaiah. He read that and said, this is, this is happening now, folks. I'm this guy. And, and so, you know, order, and he, he was bringing liberty to the captive and those that had been injured. Those kind of things started coming out of the scriptures, and they said, well, maybe we can order a society around those kind of concepts. And, you know, the basis of the Ten Commandments, I mean, society, the wheels would fall off if the Ten Commandments weren't lived. We've talked about that old movie, The Answer, uh, that was back in the 50s with, what was his name, David Niven. Anyway, the, uh, the answer really is found in, in those foundational things that are in the scriptures. And that basis was how they came forth in discussing uh, how society ought to be ordered. Out of that grew the United States. I know it's a big leap to say that, but this is a short radio program. But out of that came the United States, the greatest, freest, strongest, most happy, most prosperous, most respected nation on earth. Well, we abided by those principles. We've strayed for them, from them. The humanist perspective and the indoctrination centers uh, that's being taught to our children and 
has been for generations. I mean, I was raised in it, and uh, my parents were raised in it. Uh, it wasn't nearly as strong in my parents' view uh, back in the 30s when they were in school, but but there's uh, it, it's it has been basically tamped down our throat so far so long that the society. I look at little children. Uh, there was a little girl at church the other day, uh, probably 17, 18 years old, just in despair. I'm worried for her. Uh, even her existence, she seemed as though she was ready to give up. But that's what we teach each other nowadays in, in these indoctrination centers. Not the glory of God, not the beauty of his creations, not the purpose of our being. But but rather, oh, yeah, you people just bump into each other and and, and we've talked about uh, I don't know if I want to get off on this tangent right now but uh, a tornado in a junkyard James Pirloff and, and the idea was that with these uh, evolutionists uh, the idea is a big tornado whoops through a junkyard and out of it comes a fully functioning fully assembled 747 um, just that's not how it works that's not how it works. It really, truly isn't. And if you get that Perloff's book, Tornado in a Junkyard, the last couple of paragraphs in it are worth the purchase price of the book alone. Um, but but the grotesque mutations that we try and base everything in society off of are, are simply fabrications of those that have denied God. And, uh, and there is a God in heaven. The God did create this earth, and there is a purpose for all of mankind, and and uh, discovering that purpose is one of the exciting things of this life. My father passed this week, and uh, and uh, we're having a viewing tonight, and I'm speaking at the funeral tomorrow. And uh, you know, that empty shell that's left was not what my dad is or was, and and what he was the, as he took his last breaths. I mean, it's it's absolutely astounding. The the feeling of hopelessness that that I think many people have today, when it's over, it's over. You know, you it's done. There's no more. There's, but uh, but the eternal spirit of mankind does live on. This is a transitional period in this life. It's a time for us to gain experience and knowledge and understanding and demonstrate our character and all those kinds of things. That ultimately and finally, when uh, when it's all said and done and the glorious purposes are unfolded, I think there's a vast majority of the people today who are going to be absolutely astounded at, at what our potential was during this mortal existence and continues to be throughout all the eternities. So, yeah, it's a time yeah, of Yeah, leave it to Sam Bushman to turn Friday the 13th into that dissertation, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Ha, ha. Yeah. All right, now I want to talk about the father of our country in relation to this because, you know what, I don't believe in coincidences, Doctor. And uh, George Washington, uh, a humble farmer, uh, literally, um, well, I went to Mount Vernon earlier this week. And so it was Sam from Mount Vernon, and I recorded a, a, a couple of thoughts that I had while standing at George Washington's tomb. And the question came to me, George Washington, was he the greatest leader of all time? Now, I know uh, we got to not count the Savior Jesus Christ because he stands alone. Uh, we don't worship men, George Washington, either. Uh, we do worship Jesus Christ. So I want to separate that. I'm talking about mere mortal men here. 
But was George Washington the greatest leader of all time? Are there leaders as great as a George Washington? A man who literally was, hey, you can be king, buddy. Uh, no, thanks. Uh, you know what? You can um, go back to your farm. I know. I'd love to, but I, I can't. There's a duty greater than myself. Uh, you know, everybody's mutinying and leaving your army uh, to fight for liberty. I know, but I'm going to pray hard and I'm going to work hard and my wife's going to come and be by my side and we're going to. We're going to just rally for this because the cause is so sacred, so important. He was laser-like, focused on that, uh, and he did a duty beyond uh, human capabilities, I believe, because he was protected by uh, and carried forward by God Almighty. Twas no accident is what I would tell you, my fellow Americans. When we get back, we'll let the good doctor rock and roll on this topic because I think it's relevant when we speak of fathers and we speak of there are no accidents, ladies and gentlemen. There are no coincidences. This is... Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. There's a plot twist on Elon Musk's bid to buy Twitter. The world's richest man tweeting this morning his highly publicized plan to purchase Twitter was temporarily on hold over a report of fake accounts on the social media platform. Same story, different day as gas prices continue to rise. AAA reports the national average price for regular jumped two cents from Thursday to $4.43 a gallon. That's the highest price ever for the fourth day in a row at 3.95 a gallon Georgia has the lowest statewide average and is only one of 3 states below $4 per gallon at the high end California is now up to $5.87 a gallon the most expensive in America Katie Lewis reporting from the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau USA Radio News Wendy Bell here for my friends at Swiss America. Did you know the U.S. Constitution authorizes only two forms of legitimate money, gold and silver? That's right. But our government abandoned gold and silver a half century ago. Meanwhile, gold and silver prices have rocketed in recent years due to growing economic uncertainty. So to help my listeners, Swiss America has a very special offer today. Silver Walking Liberty half dollars at the amazing low price of $12.50 each delivered. You heard me right, $12.50. Call now to reserve your silver coins at 800-630-1490. That's 800-630-1490. Silver walking Liberty half dollars for just $12.50 each delivered while supplies last. Put a silver lining in your financial portfolio now by calling 800-630-1490. 800-630-1490. 1490. Folks in Minnesota are cleaning up after a storm brought dangerously strong winds to the Midwest and inflicted heavy damage in the state. Stevens County, Minnesota Sheriff Jason Dingham describes what he saw to Fox TV affiliate KMSP in Minneapolis. I drove right into the middle of it and it, it was it was hurricane force winds. Uh, it seemed to be straight line winds. Um, I watched metal sheds being blown through fields it was it was crazy earlier this week a storm chasing meteorologist died in a crash that authorities say was caused by downed power lines on interstate 90 in southwest minnesota california regulators are rejecting a billion dollar plant that would turn ocean water to drinking water 
Governor Gavin Newsom threw his support behind the $1.4 billion plant in Huntington Beach. It would have created drinking water for an estimated 400,000 people. This is USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Ladies and gentlemen, there is indeed order in the universe. Our founders knew it. Question, do you? We're talking to Dr. Scott Bradley. To preserve the nation, his collegiate series and lifelong goal. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. We're talking about fathers. We're talking about George Washington, the father of our nation. And in Dr. Bradley's book, in chapter 15, he really digs deep when it comes to this. Ladies and gentlemen, in the traditions of our founding fathers, uh, he explains who really was this person. And I ask, was George Washington the greatest leader of all time? Fair question, Han Doctor. Well, I think it is. I think humans, by nature, tend to look for the superlative, you know, the highest mountain, the deepest part of the ocean, the smartest person, whatever. And um, and I'm not, I, I don't know as I can definitively state George Washington was the leader of all leaders. Uh, I know, of course, where the Savior was, our pure and true and most wonderful exemplar on that thing. But certainly George Washington was the essential man. He was the indispensable man. Uh, the title of my chapter, chapter 15 in my book, To Preserve the Nation, is George Washington, The Elegant Exercise of Power, a Study in the Rare, Pure Exercise of Mortal Authority. And truly, I believe he uh, uh, was a superlative in that matter. I mean, this, this man uh, truly deserved the title. I know I, the, the father of the country, I believe, is Jesus Christ. But, but in terms of mortal involvement, he was this indispensable man that God raised up at that time to be able to carry forth um, the, the necessity. He, if he hadn't been at Valley Forge, if he hadn't been uh, at, at the Constitution Convention, if he hadn't been there at the head of the nation in terms of, of the first president to set the standard, I, I, I shudder to think of what would have happened. The, the nation, uh, you know, you got these hinge points in, a, in all sorts of life's experiences. And George Washington certainly was at so many of those hinge points uh, that, that we, we just can't discount it. And I know there are many that denigrate him today. And, in fact, I don't know, Sam, if you remember when it was probably about six, seven years ago where you and I were at Mount Vernon, you kind of re trace those steps i guess this past week but um that's mount vernon is one of my favorite places in the washington dc area i mean uh, i don't know if you remember sitting on the veranda oh i remember quite well my friend and the rainstorms we had and everything i mean it, it it's a time it's of incredible. Uh, contemplative review um so like i say the uh, uh that there is there is kind of a feeling there if you allow it to settle upon you about here was greatness. Uh, and you talk about him being a humble farmer. Well, I think he owned 15 or 18,000 acres, but you know what? He, he earned those things 
uh, starting as a young boy as a surveyor. I mean, and he performed faithful, honest work for people surveying their land. I mean, from his very youth as a, a young militia officer and the, you know, Braddock's march to death, if you will, during the French and Indian War. His, his leadership, every, every step of the way, there was a, uh, a kind of a, a point of uh, father put his hand upon him and gave him an opportunity to, to learn and grow. And over that, character developed. And uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he could get mad. He could, uh, he could give everybody a Scott's blessing, so to speak, you know. But, um, but the fact was he was dedicated, devoted, and faithful in that thing. If people have not read his farewell address recently, I would implore you, take the time today. It's, you know, maybe a dozen pages. It depends on the font it's in. But uh, maybe a dozen pages. And uh, there are so many incredible topics that are talked about in that. Had we been willing to follow that fatherly advice, if you will, that, that he gave the nation as he was departing the scene of leadership, uh, we'd be a different nation today. And, and much of it was followed for years, but back in the 30s and 40s when the humanists took over the uh, education system, uh, they took many of the overt religious statements out of Washington's farewell address. So make sure you don't read something that's been expunged and abridged that takes out his his issues about morality and religion and so on. Read the unabridged version. Again, it's not that long, but but it, it, it gives you a feeling, you know, foreign affairs, monetary policy, war, the idea of how we treat our fellow man. You know, the, all of these things are just unfolded in in that really simple, straightforward counsel that he gave as, as he walked out the door, if you will, after being our president for eight years. By the way, he really considered resigning uh, during his first uh, administration, the first four years. It, it was like, you know, these accoutrements of power were he didn't wear them well. Well, he wore they, them they well were, in the They sense. were abhorrent to him. They were. But he didn't, I mean, when I say he didn't wear them well, yes, he wore them magnificently in the sense that, that he exercised them without becoming a tyrant. People knew he would never become a tyrant, but he never sought them. I, I gave a few examples in, in this chapter we just mentioned. Not only, hold on, I don't mean to interrupt, but not only did he never seek them, but he never even accepted them, meaning that it was a necessary, but any chance he could get to get rid of them, he absolutely doubled down and did. Instantly. When when his duty was fulfilled, I mean, you look at what at the end of the Revolutionary War in, in the uh, December time frame of, of 1783, after the he waited until the Brits had withdrawn from, from uh, New York and everything, and then he went and said goodbye to his men, and then he went, where did he go? He went directly to Congress. And he handed over the, uh, you know, his assignment as being the, the general of the army. He had the only viable military force on the continent. So many would wear that and say, well, you know what, this feels pretty cool. I, you know what, everybody, yeah, they've talked about me being king. And, oh, my goodness, uh, you know, maybe I ought to hang on a little bit longer and make sure everything goes well. Whatever. No, he handed it off. And, and he, he had so many times went into retirement because it was his desire to go back and 
and be a farmer. You talk of him being a simple farmer, but he was a very intelligent farmer. He he had a magnificent plantation that was that was well managed and cared for, and well, but he had been away from it for eight years while he was off in the revolutionary trenches. But um, every time he got a chance, he handed the power away. Uh, the the, uh, the Newburgh Tavern issue. I mean, I review that extensively in my in my chapter on on Washington's leadership, and and he begged the men, do not do a coup d'état, don't take over. They were planning it, and uh, they were unmoved. And I'll just tell a little quick story. I know that maybe this is off a tangent a little bit, but but he was begging, imploring, cajoling the men. Don't go down this path of, of taking military power in, in this nation and, and overthrowing the civilian leadership. Uh, they were unmoved. And, and then he took from his pocket a letter that he had received from one of the congressmen. He'd been working on trying to get some of the things resolved that the men were upset about. And, and he, it was written, you know, in a small cramped uh, handwriting. The paper had to be used efficiently and everything. And, and he struggled to read it. And you know he's he was much younger than I am now, and and he needed his reading spectacles to do it, and and nobody but his closest aide de camps had ever seen him put spectacles on, and it was considered kind of a, uh, if you will, a weakness, and so he apologized profusely as he took his spectacles out of his pocket to try and read words that he thought might soften the hearts of these men, and uh, and he t he made a comment. They completely melted the attitude in the room. He says, I have grown gray in your service, and now I find myself growing blind. These men had seen him in their camps in the past eight years. He had been with them. He had never gone home. He stayed with them through the winters. He saw their suffering. He knew what they had been through. He had experienced what they had done. And he had grown gray in their service, and now he was growing blind. And it was like, whoa, how can we do this to this man that has sacrificed so much for everything in the cause of liberty? And, and, and so when it came time for the Constitution Convention to happen in, in the summer of 1787, he was indispensable. People trusted him. They knew him. They loved him. And, and they knew that if he was there, he'd be watching their backs. And, and it was questionable until the, the very almost day of starting whether he was going to be there. But when he showed up, it was kind of like, we got a chance now. We Ladies and gentlemen, this. I submit to you that the Savior Jesus Christ, obviously the greatest leader the world's ever known. No doubt about it, beyond dispute, I testify of the Savior Jesus Christ and his critical central role in history. But aside from that, what great leaders do you know? Do you know one better than George Washington? I challenge you to give me one. Hang tight. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. 
and the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3. Founded by Judge Roy Moore, please partner with us to achieve this important mission. morallaw.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Ladies and gentlemen, the series is called To Preserve the Nation. In the tradition of the founding fathers, Scott and Bradley, he's our co-host today. And ladies and gentlemen, this series of lectures is available in both DVD video format and in audio formats. And this study course requires both uh, the book and the lecture presentations to be complete for you really to understand that all. Each chapter in the book correlates with a, quote, lecture in the series. And it's important to understand that. We're talking right now about Chapter 15. We're trying to just give you a little bit of an insight. Uh, into the work Dr. Bradley has put together to preserve the nation. Freedomsrisingsun.com is where you can learn more. ScottNBradley.com is another place. But in Chapter 15, George Washington, The Elegant Exercise of Power. Now, again, I realize the Savior Jesus Christ is the ultimate leader. Nobody compares to that. I understand all that. Uh, but immortal men, I don't know that you can find a better leader, a more humble blend of power, authority, intelligence, humility, simplicity, all these words. The guy was just a, a, a real leader, a man's man. And I don't know that you can find somebody to rival. Now, I, I, you know, I, I'm not here to debate that there's no better leader forever. I'm just here to really highlight what we're talking about, the father of our nation. Uh, I don't believe in coincidences, doctor, and I believe that he was put there by God this is the order of things we speak of, put there by God for a reason because he was very unique in his time, to say the least, a rare study in reality, right? Yes, oh, I, we'll I do believe. Oh, good. I'm here. Go ahead, sir. Oh, you didn't lose me. I, I do believe God raises up what is needful at the time when, uh, when the people are ready, and, I, and I'm I'm not sure that the people today are ready. I think we must ready ourselves. I think that we ourselves are are um, living far below what our standard should be. But in, in the case of George Washington, in the case of 
so many of those that lived in, in his era and the founding of this nation. I, got, I believe God raised up the finest men that were on the earth at that time. They came across the stage at a time that was unique in all of history. All revolutions are not created equal. And, and those men fulfilled those assignments. I would challenge anyone today to find a group of men, uh, even a handful of men, that, that even can, can be worthy to stand in their shadows. I mean, that's how I, I feel this has been. It was a, a nexus, if you will, in the whole mortal existence. And, and so George Washington was that leader of men. Others fulfilled really divine roles also. And, and when we do stupid, stupid, stupid things, like to want to rewrite our Constitution and so on. None of these men will be there. We have uh, people, the, the only people that will be there will be the people that have got us in the mess we're in today. And so absolutely, I, I do believe in that divinity, of the hand of divinity that brings these things about. And George Washington just happened to be that one that was handed power, and he accepted it reluctantly. Again, as we've said, he handed it back instantly in every, every circumstance that it came into his hands. And uh, and so few individuals do that. Y you look at, oh, what Daniel Defoe said in 1701, all men would be tyrants if they could. You look at what Lord Acton said in 1887, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts, absolutely. It didn't. George Washington was incorruptible in those issues of power. And, um, and, and I, you know... I, someday, somehow, if we can become worthy again, I guess, uh, perhaps God will raise up individuals that uh, that may lead us in righteousness again. But, but, but we have abandoned that. We we have so far abandoned what uh, what a gift God has given us in this magnificent Constitution and the land of liberty and our prosperity and peace and the principles of eternal truth that have been revealed on this land. <laughs> it's just simply not even, uh, we, have, we have become unworthy recipients that, of something that was given to us at such great cost, and we're squandering it. Now, I, I, there's probably people under the sound of our voice that, that, are, that truly do love God and Christ, that truly do love our liberty, that truly do love the principles uh, the eternal principles of proper government. And so I don't want to make And by the way, a, part of the reason for this broadcast not only is to articulate this view, this godly view of who we are, of our origins, of our history, etc., but it's about finding those people who have that love in their hearts. I, You know what? I don't have any desire to speak to the 330 million Americans. I don't have any desire to speak to the 8 billion in the world. I do have a desire to share this message with those who are seeking for something. Those who want to know where they came from, why they're here, where they're going. Those who want to understand how to bring back liberty and reject tyranny. Those who want to preserve the nation and the traditions of our founding fathers. Okay, God raised up wise men for the very purpose of writing the Constitution of the United States. There's order in these things. Our founders knew it. There's order in the universe. Our founders knew it. Do you know it? Okay, um, I want to highlight this by giving you a comparison that's in modern day news today. Naomi Judd died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, daughter Ashley says. Now, 
ladies and gentlemen, if Naomi Judd had been raised with God at the center of her home, with a loving father and a mother who believed in God and taught her of God and Christ, taught her of God, family, and country, I uh, helped her understand that she was literally the offspring of God. That's what the Bible says. And that she had a heavenly father who loved her, who cared for her. Uh, now, I don't know if she would have uh, taken her own life or not. Uh, again, I don't, I don't know what drives uh, people to that. What I know, though, is this. We need to understand who we are. We need to preserve that tie. And then we need to basically realizing our godly heritage then behave as godly children. We need to understand that Christ died on the cross to deal with all of our physical and mental uh, challenges that we struggle with. Uh, and, and so, you know, I highlight this because the world just says, oh, man, poor girl, just bad mental health. She should have been on some meds and not committed suicide or whatever. Um, I understand all that, and, and I don't mean to make light of this at all, but I do believe that if we were to turn to God, if we were raised in godly homes, if we stood our understood our godly heritage, and if we understood our American heritage, uh, and we really truly felt the spirit of it, understood the history of it, realized the significance of it, you wonder if the tide would be different. And why do I bring this up? She's already lost her life. It's something that's already done. We can't change it. We can pray for her family. But we can also, though, encourage others to tie into this sacred heritage that we all have uh, in an effort to help people realize that there is purpose to their lives. There are reasons to live. There are. This is a critical issue today that we face, and I believe we're looking everywhere but for the right answers, Doctor. Well, it, it, you know, you talk about one celebrity instance of, of a tragic ending, um, and, and everything you say is true about that. And I, I don't know her family circumstances or anything like that, but, but to have that kind of despair settle upon individuals, um, and a lot of times I, I honestly, as I, I hear these commercials for these mind-altering drugs that people say, oh, yeah, if you're depressed, take this. You're going to get more depressed. You'll become suicidal. You may be homicidal. You may have great you know, kidney failure or whatever. I mean, you say this is FDA-approved people. Uh, but, but anyway, that's another topic. But there is so much of that that's going on today that uh, I believe that many of the times these things are actually precipitated by the, the meds that are given. And, and again, we go back to that little girl at a church uh, last Sunday. Uh, beautiful little girl, uh, a whole life in front of her. Uh, there's, a, there's something of despair in her heart, and I believe that really what has happened is all the Owenadoffels have collapsed on her and, and a call across America. I mean, you look at what has happened the last two-plus years when... Uh, when basically all hope was removed. See, you know, I'm old enough uh, to say I have a perspective. I saw the before and I've seen the after and I've been in the middle. And, uh, and it's like, you know what? There's, there's more to this than what they're feeding us every day. You know, if you listen to the lame brain media and the politicians and the media that are in the uh, celebrity ranks, you know, they're spiritual derelicts virtually every single one of them, and not a one of them uh, that is promoting this kind of drivel has really got an insight 
as to what this is all about. And all they can keep telling us is, is we're all going to die. It's going to be horrid. Oh, my goodness, another pandemic's going to unfold upon us. And, and what are these? Ki- and it's not just kids. I see mothers and fathers uh, that should know better but don't, apparently, in their 40s and even 50s, and they're becoming grandparents. They don't have a message of hope that they're bringing. I think we need to renew that message of hope and understanding that the purpose of life is far different than what we have been fed in these indoctrination centers that we put kids on buses and send them off to. Get your kids out of that cesspool. If your kids were out playing in a in a uh, septic tank that had opened up, what would you do? You'd go pull them out of it, wash them off. I mean, if you if you came on a toxic waste uh, dump, and the sewage and the the chemicals and the stench and the a city, a city waste, every whatever was there. What would you do to protect your kids from that? And you know, I'm just astonished at parents that say, "Oh yeah, that's happening at the high school across town," but our high school, oh my goodness, it's so. No, it's everywhere. There, there are good individuals that try and do the best they can, but their hands are tied by a program that says you can't. And by the way, the program has even become more septic. Um, the ideas of, of gender dysphobia. I mean, holy cow. I mean, this confusion that's happening. The idea that uh, God doesn't exist and it's, it's, we're all in this in a leaky boat. We're all going to sink. That's just epidemic. Well, when I was a kid, at least, we had, we had prayer every morning in school. We and that's why I tie this together, ladies and gentlemen, because there are solutions. It is time for the nation to be taught about and get a new view. It is about God, family, and country. It is about your godly and your American heritage. You have a Father in heaven, God Almighty, who loves you. You're his creation. You're his child. You're his son or daughter. Don't misunderstand that. You have a godly heritage. George Washington set an incredible standard. He gave warnings in his farewell address. He gave us guidance. We ought to heed that. We ought to turn to that. We understand these things, and pretty soon things are looking better. Things are looking brighter. You know what? We're the ones that run around, ladies and gentlemen, and say we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration because we have the solutions. It's to return to the traditions of our founding fathers. Okay, we say this nation shall endure because we believe in George Washington's great vision. We do win in the end. God is on our side. He is our protector. And ladies and gentlemen, for Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, freedomrisingsun.com, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, brighteonradio.com, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. We have a role to play. Will you get involved? 